When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer is in Africa. That's the truth. He's in Rwanda. We will be hopefully checking in with him periodically throughout the week. Holly Roberts and I are here with you until 3 o'clock today. And the big news today is that, Holly, the Oscar nominations Oscar, Oscar, the nominations for the 91st Annual Academy Awards announced this morning. Tracy Ellis Ross and Kumail Nanjiani did the otter, uh, otters. The otters. They sure did. And they were so cute, though. They had the <laughs> honors of uh, announcing the nominees for this year's Academy Awards. Well, now, listen, you and I could uh, sit and sift through all of the information. We could. But that would be just the two of us talking about it. Why don't we bring an expert into the conversation, somebody who really knows movies? And that person would be our friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies. You know, Paul, uh, hello. Hi, Paul. Hello. Thanks for having me on this special day. Well, thank oh, you for being yes. here because, listen, I mean, we are casual observers of the movies, but you really are... This is part of what you traffic in. You've seen so many of these movies. In fact, is there are there any of the movies that have been nominated that you haven't seen? Uh, yes, there are quite a few, especially if you go into the, some of the more obscure categories. Like, there's a movie up for um, Best Foreign Film called Cold War, and I have not seen that yet. It's uh, on Amazon Prime. It's also up for Best Cinematography as well, So like that, and directing. So that's a kind of a big name out there right now that I actually have not seen. Well, let's get started with some of the um, kind of the, the the highlights of the Oscar nominations. The first thing um, that I'm that I'm curious about from you, Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's trip to the movies. Check out the podcast, the YouTube channel, and uh, the website. Uh, what what do you see as some of the biggest surprises uh, in the nominations this morning? I think some of the surprises, uh, some if we think about surprises in terms of snubs, would be that Emily Blunt, kind of a, who we thought was going to go in with potentially two nominations, if not one, did not get a single one. You know, she was up, she could have been a Best Actress nominee, nominee for Mary Poppins Returns, and then a Best Supporting Actress nominee for A Quiet Place, and she went home empty-handed this morning. Mm. And then Timothy Chalamet, who got the Critics' Choice nomination, a Golden Globe nomination, a BAFTA nomination nomination and a SAG nomination also snubbed this morning for best actor in a supporting role for his Finland beautiful boy. 
So are you really surprised, considering Timothy Chalamet's performance has been nominated for so many awards, was that one of the more shocking dismissals this morning? It it was for me, especially, I mean, there are some great nominees. I mean, you had Mahershala Ali, Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, and I think who Timothy really should have beaten was Sam Rockwell for Vice. Vice got a lot of love today, and I think think voters kind of went with all the actors in that movie, if you will, but Sam Rockwell, in my opinion, just kind of does a Bush impression. There's not a lot of depth to that performance where I really feel like there is for Timothy Chalamet. And the interesting thing to me about Vice, again, this is the movie, um, you just talked about this, what, like last week or the week prior? Yes. Um, this one w- was very, kind of the critics were really, um, what's the split. word? Like a split on this. Yeah. yeah, yes. I mean, that I, that's kind of an overall theme for this award season is the huge split in the nominations. I mean, you have, like, there are some of the best picture nominations that I don't agree with at all and dislike. You you have movies like um, Vice. You have movies like Bohemian Rhapsody, movies like Green Book that are very divisive amongst critics and um, voting members and audiences. And then to see them do so well with the nominations, kind of, it didn't surprise me because they've been up talks, but I kind of wonder, like, let's think more outside the box. Let's really push ourselves with the movies that we're viewing and watching and nominating. So we're talking to Paul McGuire Grimes, Paul's trip to the movies about the Academy Award nominations. They were released this morning. So let's stay with Best Picture, Paul. And you were saying that you're really surprised by seeing some of these films in the big category, one being Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book. And what do you think that is? Now, there was, remember the Best Picture, I mean, you know, Paul, but the Best Picture um, category was expanded uh, about 10 years ago because of some controversy surrounding The Dark Knight and the fact that that film was not nominated, the Batman movie, for Best Picture. And so they changed the rules saying, you know what, we're going to be more inclusive. We're going to have up to nine films be eligible. So what do you think the Academy is saying this year with all these movies? I think that they are um, saying something about some of the diversity factors here. You know, we've got movies like Black Klansman, Black Panther, um, and then they're also going for crowd pleasers. I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody, regardless of the content of the movie and the accuracy, whatever, is a crowd pleaser. And I think the same thing could be said about Green Book. Again, controversy. Again, we could have a discussion about what is this movie trying to say and does it say it well. You know, audiences enjoyed the movie. Like, they, they love the feel-good aspect about it, even if it is controversial on how it tells that story, like I said. So, again, I think crowd-pleasing. I think people movies that people are buzzing about. Black Panther being the first superhero movie to actually get a Best Picture nomination. So that's kind fantastic. of historical right there, yeah. It, it completely is, especially when the Oscars have been plagued with that idea of Oscars so white over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've mentioned Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book. Why don't we round out kind of the rest of that category so that people are aware of what all of those Best Picture, that coveted Best Picture nominee category is. Yeah, so we also have The Favorite, which um, was nominated for 10 awards. 
Um, that is also up for Best Picture. That is the one with Olivia Colman as Queen Anne, and then Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, all three of them also getting acting nominations. Um, a movie that is a period piece unlike you've, anything else you've seen before, a really twisted way of doing a period movie. Um, the acting is fantastic. The, the whole design, the whole look of it, the directing is just so creative and bizarre and funky. It's one of the reasons why I loved it so much. Mm. You also have, then you have a movie that also got 10, 10 nominations is Roma. A huge win right now for Netflix to really put themselves out there as an Oscar contender. And it did it with Roma. I mean, we've talked about how much money Netflix put toward the marketing of Roma as an award contender. And we see that come into play here. Alfonso Cuarón, the maestro behind it, has five nominations himself. That's okay. for this movie. Wow, that is now. Do you know off the top of your head, Paul, if that breaks a record for individual nominations for one good, film? Good question, and I don't know off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it does because I can't really think of another person that would get a best for producing a best picture, directing, writing it, also being a cinematographer, and then also getting a best foreign film nomination for producing it as well. Wow. For it. For him as being as diverse as possible, I this might be a record. I need to look into that one. And then another couple that you um, that we didn't even uh, mention yet that that round out that category. A Star Is Born is also in that category. Yes, one of the best pictures of the movie of the year, Colleen. I no. heard a little conversation you were having yesterday, no. and we may need to. I <laughs> may need to have a rebuttal Uh-oh. on Friday when I'm there. Point <laughs> counterpoint. A star yeah. is born. Ooh, <laughs> but, a star is boring. But a star is born. Speaking to your point earlier, Paul, <laughs> about the best picture nominees addressing uh, the populist angle. Now, a star is born yes. was loved by both audiences and. and Critics. Yes, definitely. And I think Oscar voters as well. I mean, we saw a lot for Bradley Cooper here this year as well. He has three nominations, Best Picture for Producing It, Best Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. We were very surprised. One of the biggest snubs of this year is him not getting a Best Director nomination. And I think his directorial debut is phenomenal. So I'm really surprised that he didn't get that Best Director. And then we have Vice, the final uh, the eighth nominee this morning for Best Picture. Again, another movie that's extremely divisive. Audiences were divided on it. Critics were divided on it. I didn't care for it at all. Um, but I know other critics that had it in their top ten list. Now, I think that I, I know I've asked you this question before, but I really don't think that we can talk about this enough. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies uh, as we enter into awards season. Um, because... You know, this seeing all these nominees, it feels like eating an elephant. Like, how do you right. how do yeah. you get through all of these movies? So, if you were to suggest to people, given what you're seeing before you, the maybe the the top three movies or the 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 group of movies that you feel like are essential in order for people to get a good view of what they need to accomplish before they see the awards to have a good view of what they're looking at. Exactly. What movies would you like people to see before the award? Telecast. If we're just thinking about who's nominated and who I predict will go on to win, here are the three movies I think people should, should go see. Roma, mm-hmm. which you can actually now watch on Netflix, which you guys talked about. I highly recommend seeing it in the theaters due to what Alfonso Cuarón shot. It just is – the bigger the screen, the better. But you can watch it in your sweatpants on Netflix. Okay, thank you. It's up for 10 <laughs> It's like you know me. 
Yeah. <laughs> then there's Green Book. So Green Book, up for Best Picture. Uh, it's also up for Best Actor for Viggo Mortensen. And then Mahershala Ali is also up for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. This is based on a true story, and um, it actually just won the Producers Guild Award of America for Best Picture this weekend. So that is also a really good indicator of what could go on to win Best Picture um, is Green Book. There's a lot of controversy surrounding it. We can have that talk um, at some point, if you will, just because, again, thinking about what that story is, but people should see it regardless, and let's have that conversation. And then the favorite is up for 10 awards as well. So if you want to crank out a ton of categories, I think those are the three movies. If you want to really diversify the kinds of movies that you're seeing, the kinds of nominations, the kinds of stories that you're going to watch, go see those three. And then if you have time, tack on A Star is Born, because I easily think that Lady Gaga will win Best Song. I wouldn't mind seeing Bradley Cooper win Best Actor. Um, Yeah. All right, well, we have our marching orders from Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies. What movies we need to see in order to be able to watch the Oscars with some knowledge. And uh, we got to go, Paul. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thank Thank you you so much for joining us today. And we will talk to you again on Friday uh, to hear what is in theaters this weekend. And we've got our work cut out for us, don't we? Yes, you do. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Take Thanks, care. Thank you. That was Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's trip to the movies. And when we come back, we're going to get all the dirt from Hollywood with the Dirt Alert with Elizabeth Reese on My Talk 107. Um. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese has brought all the dirt from Hollywood. It's a dirt alert. Hello, Elizabeth. It is. Good afternoon, my friends. Nice to see you, Colleen and Holly. Holly, yes. I can't see you, but I know you're over there. I am. Oh, She's just as beautiful. Your hand and signal She's to as me. beautiful as ever. Of course she is. Okay, so I watched a lot of TV over this uh, past few days because, number one, it's very cold, and number two, my husband went ice fishing, so then I had control of the television. Nice. Fantastic. But Lucky. last night, before we realized that we had to stop and watch The Bachelor, we were watching the beginning of the documentary on the fire festival on netflix the netflix one we watched the part of the netflix one holly so we got through just like 20 minutes before i was like oh shoot the bachelor's on i've got to watch this so i'm prepared for twin cities live tomorrow um but that being said we're gonna finish it tonight because we were so intrigued by the first 20 minutes and of course we talked a ton about the disaster that was the fire festival yes when you're on happening. my talk 1071 when it was happening now uh billy mcfarland who is uh the founder of the fire festival who is in prison is apologizing. He was sentenced to six years in prison almost a month ago, and he's only 26 years old. He talked to people magazine and said, I'm incredibly sorry for my collective actions and will write the wrongs I have delivered to my family, friends, partners, associates, and you, the general public. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't have to write a wrong to me. I would love him to write a wrong to me. You know what he needs <laughs> to do? I'll allow it. He needs to write a big darn check to all the people who have yet to be paid for their services. Yeah, that is the thing. Yes, because you'll recall that in the spring of 2017, uh, music fans were paying upwards of $1,595 for what they thought would be this weekend of fun on uh, this island in the Bahamas. 
They were promised luxurious accommodations, as were performances by... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com hi everybody this is adriana trajani i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen Hanna, mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. People like Blink-182 and Migos, and there were supposed to be appearances by uh, high-profile influencers like Kendall Jenner. And guess what? It didn't it did happen. Not happen. It was like really sad. It was chaos. It was flimsy tents, and they got bad cheese sandwiches. There was no food, water, security, or electricity, and many of the artists had pulled out. So um, he's apologizing, though. He goes on and says, um, I've always sought and dreamed to accomplish incredible things by pushing the envelope to deliver for a common good, but I made many wrong and immature decisions along the way, and I caused agony. As a result, I've lived every day in prison with pain, and I will continue to do so until I'm able to make up for some of this harm through work and actions that society Finds respectable. That's Billy McFarland, founder of the Fire Festival well, from okay, Behind then. Bars, as two documentaries are out now about him and about this disaster. Um, Holly watched the uh, Hulu version. What'd you think? Holly? Yes, I watched the Hulu version. What I'm going to do tonight is watch the Netflix version. Oh, good, me too. Because they're complimentary, so I've heard. But you get a picture of Billy McFarlane. Now, he appears in the Hulu documentary, and there is a point of contention that the filmmakers paid Billy McFarlane to appear in that documentary. Uh. And so the people over at Netflix are like, mm, well, you paid him, so how's your credibility looking? Well, it's very important, I feel, to watch Billy McFarlane speak about himself speak about the fire festival Mm -hmm. and also of note that the Netflix documentary is produced by Jerry studios, the people who handled all the social media for the fire festival. Ah. So they have a lot of inside footage. It'll be interesting to see their perspective because there's a former employee of Jerry media that talks on the Hulu one, the Hulu documentary. And he has some interesting perspective Mm -hmm. as well about maybe how Jerry media handled the fire festival. Ah, Great. I know this is it's super so fascinating. Yeah. Super juicy. This is yeah. a, a good thing to watch um, this week. So I'm 20 minutes into the Netflix one. I will be finishing that tonight. And then now, because of this conversation with Holly, now I know I have to for sure watch the Hulu See, one. See, there you go. That's yeah. why you watch, uh, why you listen to my talk 1071, because then you know what to watch. You get the also, whole scoop. I'm still so, I also spent a lot of time watching Surviving R. Kelly over the last few days. Oh, yeah. I got to get into that, you, you guys. You will I... feel very troubled. Well, I already have been. In fact, Actually, I felt like a lone voice in the wilderness before this show was put together. Yeah. Because I, was I not Holly? I was the one shouting, hey guys, why isn't anybody looking at R. Kelly? Why isn't anyone yeah. talking about him? Because yeah. we, these allegations have been around for years. Well, and here's what a lot of the women in the documentary 
who are talking about their experiences with our Kelly, they will tell you it's because they're black women and nobody cared. And that is a problem. problem. And we should be paying attention to that Mm -hmm. as well as Mm -hmm. the fact that this has been pushed down over and over and over and over again. It is really, it is hard to watch, but I do think it's worth watching. Mm -hmm. Holly, have you watched any of the Surviving R. Kelly? I have not. Only little bits and pieces. I don't have access to Lifetime, but I've read extensively about it and how important it is to watch this documentary despite it being pretty hard to consume. It's really hard to watch. I'm halfway through the fourth episode. So there are six (sighs) episodes total. I'm halfway. I watched two in one night and then couldn't stop thinking about it. I need a clone that can just watch television constantly and then download everything. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm caught up on Top Chef now. I also watched The Bachelor. Top Chef, you need to be watching because there's a Minnesota chef on it, Justin Sutherland, who is fabulous. Have you? Do you sleep? How do you do this? I just put my kids to bed and then I watch TV. And it's great. And my husband went ice fishing this weekend. So then I had some more time and I stayed up. You know, it's amazing what you can get done though. 40 minutes at a time. You just crank through it. I went to bed at 11 every night. I'm amazed. Yeah. Good for you, you, Elizabeth. Thanks, guys. I felt really good about this weekend, too. I also even did a little Marie Kondo. I watched one episode. I'm two episodes into her show and I organized several closets. I'm so impressed by you. I feel good. It, you know, there, I want to be you well, when I grow there up. There are yeah. times when I am failing miserably. And then there are some times when, when I you're have just it together. Doing life right. I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, Meg Ryan went house hunting with her fiance, John Mellencamp, two months after announcing their engagement. So they were checking out homes together in upstate New York and Connecticut. It was snowy. She's wearing a full length. Uh, puffer coat, which is what you should be wearing oh, right well, now yes. and yes. always. Thank you very much. That's a little public service announcement for you, too. Well, thank you for that, Dirt. All right, I got more TV to watch. I'll see you later. Okay, <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy yourself. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth. Now, when we come back, we have a full Oscar-related 30-second pop culture challenge. 651-641-1071 to play 30 seconds. Five Oscar-related questions. Get them all right. You'll win a prize. We're going to give you 30 seconds to answer five Oscar-related questions. We do it every day at 1230 on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is in Rwanda. Holly Roberts and I are taking you to 3 o'clock. This is our 30-second pop culture challenge. 30-second pop culture challenge. Who do we have on the phone, Holly? Colleen, we have Annie on the phone, and she's playing for a pair of movie passes to a Monday, February 11th advanced screening at Showplace Icon Theater of Isn't It Romantic, starring Rebel Wilson and Liam Hemsworth. That movie in theaters, February 13th. Now, Annie, you know how this game works, right? Okay, that timer's going to start after I ask you the first question. Here we go. What is the nickname for the Academy Award statuette? Oscar. The Academy Awards are held in what theater in Hollywood? The Kodak. Nope. Uh, oh, uh, pass. Who has hosted the Academy Awards more than any other person? Uh, Steve Martin. Nope. nope. Uh, pass. Name one of the two sequels to win Best Picture. Toy Story 2? Nope. Oh, my gosh. 
Godfather 2. Yeah. Uh, what actress has the most Oscar nominations ever? Oh, you got that right, Annie. However, you did miss two of the answers in the middle, Annie, and I apologize that you did not win. But let's, you know what? Donnie's here. Let's see if he can get them. Yeah. Let's see if Donnie can answer They're not easy. The Academy Awards are held in what theater in Hollywood? Oh, wow. Is it the Nokia? No. No. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, what's it called? You would get this in a certain type of sound surround, surround sound. Mm-hmm. Surround sound. Dolby? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. And uh, who has hosted the Academy Awards more than any other person? I would say Johnny Carson. No. Mm. Think of a person who may Bob have Hope. also. Yes. Yeah, with yes. a good golf swing. Bob there you Hope. go. Uh, all right. Well, now that we've gotten all those questions answered, we can move on and we can solve some mysteries. And we do that in the form of blind items that Holly has brought to us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. And today, solving mysteries with us is the one, the only, Donnie Love. Thanks for joining us today, Thank Donnie. You, Donnie. Thanks for having me. Are you ready to solve some mysteries? Why not? He's well, that is I guess. Yeah, I was not really doing much of anything else. Okay. So. <laughs> we appreciate Working you, Donnie. Working on the show, we coming do. up after yours, but you know. Anyway, go ahead. Alright. <laughs> Our first blind item, Donnie, yeah. Colleen, yeah. from CrazyDaysAndNights.net, has to do with an illiterate talk show host. Uh-huh. The subject of the following blind A-literate. item. We always have to, we always, Donnie looks at me like A-literate? I, I, A-literate. I forgot not, what that means. It, well, it means that the first name and the last name start with the same letter. Okay, the got reason it. Why alliteration. We, yeah, and the reason why okay. we say it like that, we say A-literate instead of illiterate, which is how you would normally pronounce yeah. it, is because then it sounds like we're saying illiterate, which makes it sound like they can't read, and we just, so that's why we... It emphasize a, I, I a yes. okay. okay. We're we assuming Understood. literacy on yes. well, this yeah, person. Let's but, hope so. But we're never sure. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, this is more than just a rehab thing for this illiterate talk show host. It also could be a die kind of thing. <gasps> Wendy Williams. Yeah. Yeah, let me fill in the blank for you. Apparently, this is more than just a rehab thing for Wendy Williams. It's also a could die kind of thing. Oof. Yikes, y'all. Well, Wendy Williams, she pushed back her return to daytime television yeah. three times at this point and announced that she's going to have substitute hosts starting next week. And she did not announce a return date to the Wendy Williams show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's battling Graves disease. Yeah. yeah. That's the story. The, yes, that is I, the story. That's all I said. Mm-hmm. That is the I know. story. I, I, it is a story. No, no credence to its veracity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) stories. Mm -hmm. Stories. Wow, lots of stories. Lots of stories. Moving on. Moving on. (laughs) All right, our next blind item from CrazyDaysAndNights.net has to do with a host of multiple shows and formats. This person is also a mogul. Okay, a mogul and host of multiple shows and formats. Yes, Simon Cowell. Okay, Donnie, Donnie! you're doing it wrong. You have to wait. Oh, you don't Karnak this. You have to listen to the oh, whole sorry. thing. I, was, I keep thinking it's Bradley. First of all, you know, he just blurts it out. Donnie, wrong game. To your answer of Simon Cowell, I'm going to do this. Uh, wrong. Because it's wrong. Good guess. Okay, again, we're, we don't award anything for this game. Sorry. Holly, what do we do with them? We read the blind <laughs> okay. items and we then go. we sorry. try to solve I'm, them. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Finish up. Okay. I won't speak again. Until it's time. 
This host of multiple shows and formats slash mogul is doing everything in his power to get people to settle a lawsuit because he is afraid if he's deposed that very personal questions about himself may be asked, which he doesn't ever want to answer. Ooh. He's the host of, of multiple, multiple shows? Format. Think oh, for, about formats? someone who hosts I'm lots thinking, of stuff. I'm going to go with Ryan Seacrest. Colleen, I'll give you one of these. Yes. Oh, okay. And I'm guessing it has something to do with the uh, the Rob Kardashian Black China uh, arg- argument situation. Yes. <laughs> Lawsuit. Lawsuit. That's what it would be called. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because, oh, and is the personal question regarding... Wh- who knows what? Question? I mean, who knows? Could be any number of yeah. things, but whatever it is, Ryan Seacrest doesn't want to talk about it. So mm. a headline from Radar Online says Ryan Seacrest dragged into Rob Kardashian's courtroom bla- battle with Black China. China's legal team. I can't read. China's legal team wants to get to the bottom of what Ryan Seacrest knew about the alleged scheme that the Kardashian-Jenner sisters hatched to push Robin China off of the air and replace it with the show The Life of Kylie. Oh, I mean, it makes dear. sense that they would be deposing him because, again, he is the producer of, or one of the producers of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. He's one of the reasons why the Kardashians are a thing. Are a thing. Right, and so, therefore, he should have some knowledge of what the what their plans were and to begin with. Exactly. So are they going to depose him or? Uh, well, Radar Online is reporting that may happen. We okay. Because you can't refuse, can you? At the uh, deposition? How does that work? I don't know. That's a really good <laughs> question. You know, we're not lawyers and we don't play I, ones on TV. I just wondered. That's all. Okay. Thanks, Donnie. Inquiring minds. Let's move on. Yeah, we're, we're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. What do you got? All right. So let's do a confirmed blind item from crazy days and nights.net, meaning we now know the identity of the subject of this blind mm. item. Oh. It has to do with a, yeah, it's very exciting. <laughs> oh, Donnie, you're making me laugh today. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. I'm not sorry. Never <laughs> dim your light, Donnie. Don't hide it under a bushel. No, <laughs> keep up the good work. All right. What? I don't know what Donnie just did, Neither so I'm going to ignore That was some weird laugh. I know. Thank That's you. All. We have a B-list celebrity offspring to consider. Okay. The subject of this confirmed blind don't item. Don't guess yet, I'm Donnie. not. Okay, we, B-list celebrity offspring. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this B-list celebrity offspring is soon to be married. She had a book a few years ago and was going to do a whole book signing tour, but cut it short because the only people who showed up were people from her parents' generation who were hoping to spot her parents. Mm, that's Katherine Schwarzenegger, I bet. Look at you! Oh. Congratulations, yes. Colleen. That is a confirmed okay. blind item. Let Who's me the f- B-list celebrity? Katherine Schwarzenegger. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's her. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's her. Yeah. So she's I'm the, sorry, yep. I thought she was the offspring of a B-list celebrity. No, no. she's the okay. B-list celebrity. She's the B-lister okay. who's a celebrity offspring. Got it. Yes. Okay. I know, sometimes... You got to deal with these, uh, you know, these descriptors yeah. very often in order for them to. It's like a whole different yeah, language, I Donnie. I wouldn't even consider her B-list. Yeah. Well, she's only uh, now. I would say she's only B-list now because of her relationship with well, Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah, B-list okay. is being very generous. Very generous. This yeah. blind item originally published on January fifteenth, so mm-hmm. this was post Schwat 
engagement. That's what we call the u- the, the union. <laughs> yeah. of Chris mm. Pratt, Catherine uh, Schwarzenegger. Yes. Here's your blind schwat. Here's your schwat. Mm-hmm. Here's your blind item filled in. Catherine Schwarzenegger is soon to be married. She had a book a few years ago and was going to do a whole book signing tour, but cut it short because the only people who showed up were people from her parents' generation who were hoping to spot Arnold Schwarzenegger and or Maria Shriver. May I ask what the book was about? I don't know. She, you know she's like a lifestyle brandy type person. Oh, Donnie, and let me, Hollywood speak that for you. That means that she has rich parents and she's trying to find some hobbies that she can make a little scratch off of I in the see. meantime. Okay. Can I tell you? Pippa Middleton situation with a book nobody wanted. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. The people who I want to read a lifestyle brand, the, the lifestyle brands I want are people who live actual lives. That people live. Slam. No, but what I do you know you know what Don't, I mean by this? Like yeah. I don't wanna read I don't want I don't want somebody telling me about a life that I have to aspire to. I want somebody to tell me about a life that is attainable to me oh, as I, I exist. Right now. Good yes. Point. Because if you look at Katherine Schwarzenegger's Instagram account, it's Katherine Schwarzenegger looking, uh, hugging a puppy in a finely appointed kitchen in Brentwood, Los Angeles, Which California. Great, but I can't do that. No. No, I can't do no. that either. I can't. No. Hu- I can hug a puppy. Yeah. yeah. In a I can kitchen. be in a kitchen. Uh, and yeah. I can hug a, a puppy in a kitchen in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's not the same. Um, it's not the same. No, not the same. And it might not even be very well appointed. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And it might true. be like appointed. Yeah. <laughs> or it, by might, it might be. A, yeah, it might point. <laughs> I don't know. But I, that's 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 what bugs me about these like so-called lifestyle brands is like, I don't know whose life. Yeah. yeah, is it in the style of not it, mine? Yeah, and she also did the thing where she wrote a children's book, <sighs> which is just a marketing scheme to get your name out there. Look, Oops. there are plenty yeah, of genuinely talented children's book authors. Yeah, yes. this is to me the big mistake about writing a children's book when when people do that is that they do, I think they do that because they think it'll be easy. Ah. And that what's frustrating about that is to your point, Holly, there are people who make a make a career out of writing really good children's oh, books. Yes, yes. And so, yes, thank yeah, you. She's thinking, I can do that. Yeah, I'll just write be? a children's book. You know, I'll just write a oh, few words. A few words. And and she probably it on had Amazon. a C-spot run. She probably had a ghostwriter anyways. Oh, yeah. you think? Duh. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, oh, thank oh, you. That felt nice. Donnie, <laughs> thank you for showing up today. Always a pleasure. Really good work. We'll see you uh, about 2.45. For another game, for that throwback live. Yes, because revenge is in the air. (laughs) Okay, well, go warm up. Okay, Okay. we'll see you later. All right, Um, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, I saw this study about something you need to keep out of your kids' rooms. And I thought to myself, I don't think that this thing is actually a problem. I think there's something else we should be worried about. I'll tell you what it is after this on My Talk 107.1.
I saw a study this morning that caught my eye and really for all the wrong reasons. It was about something that you should not have in your kids' bedrooms. Hmm. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lynch and Bradley trainers in Rwanda. Hopefully, we're going to have an opportunity to hear from him a little bit later in the show. Uh, but he, uh, so he's not here today, but Holly Roberts and I are here. We're yes. doing our thing. Um, okay, so Holly, I saw this headline this morning that got my attention, and it was that we should not have televisions in our children's rooms. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's not anything new. No, it it isn't. And the reason why is because according to a study that they did in in Portugal, uh, having they did a study of a hundred no, 120 girls specifically, and what they found was girls between the age four and six, if they had a television in their their room, they were more likely to suffer from obesity. Okay. Okay. Uh, Interesting study. <laughs> a little there, bit alarming, but totally. there it is. Yep. But there it is. Also, I mean, I got a lot of questions like, why would you have a TV in a four to six year old's room? But that's just judgy and that's me, whatever. But then here's my, but this is what really caught my eye. Again, all the wrong reasons. I thought to myself, I don't think it's the television that we should be worried about. I don't think kids really watch television that much anymore. Hmm. And maybe this is a study of my own children's behaviors. But to me... The thing we should be worried the most about is not the screens that we're used to, but the screens that we are now just getting accustomed to, which is like the small screens, the iPods, the iPads, the portable screens. Yeah. To me, that is the bigger, the bigger threat. So your kids, when they want screen time and they mm-hmm. ask you, I don't, whatever kind of policy you have around mm-hmm. screen time, are they asking you, Colleen, to sit in front of the TV no. and watch something ever? Do they ever no. do that? I rarely, you know, in fact, actually, at our house at least, sitting in front of the television is something that we would actually invite them to do because it, that would signify a family event so like we you guys are gonna say, watch the mass singer yep, you're gonna dance gonna with the stars together. yes and which is a departure from what it was like when i was a kid it was like everybody on your you know everybody at your own tv we didn't have our own tvs but like you know yes. that we had a couple different tvs in the house and there was like the the parents would be watching the news or whatever and my brother and i would be watching whatever show we were into um or we'd have cartoons on or whatever but my kids don't do that. They don't watch television. There isn't a TV show that they get excited about. Really? No. Like no TV shows whatsoever. Not really. You know, occasionally they'll get into maybe a Disney Channel show, but that like they'll kind of fixate on it for a little bit and then it'll be gone. And it's not one that's currently playing. So very similar to how we stream shows that's how they do. So they'll watch like a Jesse, which is a show that was on the Disney Channel. It's not currently airing new episodes. They'll watch all of the episodes. They'll binge it in some way, shape or form. And then it's over. So shows don't exist in the normal time and space. Not an and, appointment. And not an appointment. Mm-hmm. So they're not asking, oh my gosh, I don't even know what kids are watching these days. But whatever they would right. be watching, okay, it's 9.30, I'm going to go and watch my favorite TV not show. Not at all. Not at all. I don't even think they realize that TV shows are on at a certain time. Oh, weird. Right. And so, 
also because we don't have antenna TV and we don't have cable TV. We do, but that it doesn't operate that way because we do um, a streaming package. Yeah. They, we can get it on any screen, your phone, your iPad, your iPod, your whatever. So watching computer, TV doesn't even mean anything. It doesn't to them. mean anything. It's so, but so then when I think about having a TV in a room, what I think is more concerning is these tiny little portable screens, right? Right. You go to a restaurant and I see parents hand their phones over. We're guilty of it. Um, specifically with one of our antsy children, you know, you're just like, here hey. you go. It'll <laughs> yeah. keep you quiet. I'm particularly antsy nights. Sure. We're guilty of it. That to me is the bigger concern. I find it fascinating that we're even doing studies about TVs in rooms. Yeah. What does TV even even mean? mean? Because like you just said about your kids, their concept of television, do they even refer to it as television? What do they say when they want to watch something? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Thank you for saying that, Holly. I don't know that I've ever heard my kids say, oh, we're just watching TV. They would say, rather, oh, I'm watching YouTube. Ah. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm just watching YouTube. Yeah. That's what they're watching. Like everybody else is watching YouTube. And your kids are what entities like Netflix are afraid of, Colleen. Mm -hmm. Netflix came out last week, and we talked about it a little bit on the show, that Netflix said that they're not concerned with HBO They're not concerned with network television. They're worried about kids watching YouTube, kids playing Fortnite. Yeah, that's their biggest competition. That's their biggest competition. Video games and little clips of people doing God knows what challenges popular Mm. this week. They understand that TV as a concept doesn't even really exist. And if they want to compete in 2019... They're not thinking about the small screen. Well, they are thinking about small screens, but not in the traditional sense. Isn't that odd? Isn't that weird? Yes. Who would have ever thought that, that our highest paid actors and actresses and producers and studios would be concerned about what, um, you know, what a, a, a teenage, a teenager with, a an eyeshadow palette was doing in their bedroom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Because that's what kids are doing. That's what they're watching. And your kids, Colleen, are more interested in that eyeshadow palette tutorial than they are anything that network television is doing. I guarantee. Oh, I guarantee. It is. Oh, it's so bizarre. Okay, (laughs) when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we have reached officially phase two of the Brad Pitt and Charlize Theron supposed relationship. We will unveil what phase two is after this. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, 
and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.